Hey, I'm Eric from Mountaintop 9, and you're listening to Vieira Vault. Schmackamagob, another Vieira Vault. Ain't been missing any weeks for months. Thank you, Quarantine. And uh, here's part two of Eric Anderson from Mountaintop 9. I was talking about the discography of Sabbath after the 70s. Let's get into it, because this one's a long one and a good one. Let's do this. All right, now, Ozzy finally leaves. Someone we didn't discuss, Ozzy did leave before Never Say Die and came back. Uh, but this time, well, he was fired. Yeah. And uh, thanks to Sharon Osbourne, uh, Tony met Dio, and uh, they released what I consider perfection. Yeah. Uh, a, different, a different type. It, it doesn't have that organic feel of 77. It has a precise... And I already know your favorite song off this album. Uh, uh, oh, I've, I've seen you. I've seen you praise it a lot, and I don't blame you. Um, though they did not play that song when I saw the Heaven and Hell tour. Um, but I'm, we're talking, of course, about Heaven and Hell. Ronnie James Deal is now in the band. Bill Ward is still in the band, but it doesn't sound like Bill Ward to me. He's too in the pocket. I don't know right. if you, you know, because he was a little more sporadic in yeah. the seventies. So it this doesn't one, have as much of that loose feel. Yeah. Right. It's it's playing for the song just to make it perfect. You yeah. know, and uh I'll never forget hearing this for the first time. You want to talk about whoa, what is this? You know, you know, after living with because that by by then that was it. By never say die, you know, going back to all the stuff. I at 1979 already knew Black Sabbath is the best band ever for me, you know. Mm-hmm. And then going into heaven and hell, um, I was just floored. I, I just couldn't believe this was Black Sabbath. You know, it was. But if you really look at the context, it's really Iomi Ward and Dio, because Geezer wasn't there. Yeah, know? he came back. Yeah, he had left the band for a little bit. All yeah. he really contributed was Neon Knights, I right? Because. They recorded it here in Miami at Criteria Studios, Technical Ecstasy as well. My band rehearsed one block from there, and I would sit in front of that place and just stare at it going, man, Sabbath was here. You know, it's just such a special Criteria Records. And something we didn't discuss either, during the recording of Technical Ecstasy, uh, the Eagles were recording Hotel California, and a lot of times they had to stop recording because Black Sabbath was too loud. Right. <laughs> they had to wait till Sabbath was done so they can go back to you know recording their songs. But anyway, um, heaven and hell. I know how you feel about this, but let the people know uh, what you feel about this album. I just think this album, like you said already, it's perfection. It it, it just took the band to a whole new level, and right. everything about it seems like it's perfectly you know. It's just a perfectly written and recorded album. The sound, they've got Martin Birch, you know, helping produce. And uh, I think that that's a big part of it, too. Because the sound quality, it's such a jump from Never Say Die has this, I don't know, it's just a thin, tinny garage 
sound production, even though there was some really grand tracks on that, like Johnny's, uh, Johnny's, Johnny, Johnny Blade. I Johnny can't get Blade. it out. Johnny Blade, Shockwave. You've got these songs that are just so very progressive sounding for Sabbath, but the sound quality is very garage, you know? And then you get to heaven and hell, it's perfectly produced. It sounds like a piece of art. It has this sheen to it, sound quality. And when you hear Neon Knights for the first time, it's just like a whole new band. I mean, even though it is called Black Sabbath, and I still, it is Black Sabbath, it's a different Black Sabbath. It's just not the same anymore. It's a different band. This album, I really hold this one in the highest esteem. It's my, I would have to say, if I had to pick one and say that's the best album, this is the one I would pick overall, just because how great it is from start to finish. It may not be one that I put on all the time to listen to, but if I just had to pick one, I'd say that's the one where they just were firing on all cylinders. So, yeah, yeah. most people I've I've discovered online, they don't really pick Heaven and Hell as the best Dio one. Man, I'm like I, I I'm perplexed. That to me is like the greatest Black Sabbath Dio album. I yeah. think. You know, uh, and and nothing against the other ones because I love them all, but um, I just feel like, man, heaven and hell is—I don't know. I guess you had to be there. You weren't there, but you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. But there was just something special about being there when it was released. And plus, to me, you know, I, you know, I was fifteen, fourteen. Um, that's the age. And nineteen eighty for me was the greatest year. You know, you had the first Maiden, British Steel, Saxon, Wheels of Steel, and Strong Arm of the Law. Back in Black, he had so many epic albums in just one year. And, uh, you know, it, it was just a perfect album at the perfect time. And it did really well. It really yeah. did well because, um, I mean, they played a smaller place here, the Miami Highlight, but when they came back from Mob Rules, which is a great, amazing album. But I think when they played the Hollywood Sports Tournament, a big arena, it was really from the strength of Heaven and Hell. Because it, it had time for people for sink into people that yeah. believe me, and it got the best reactions, you know, the those, you know, and Iron Man, of course, but you know, those uh songs from oh, and when Dio, I'll never forget when Dio would announce Children of the Sea, the place would erupt, you know? right? Because it yeah. sunk in, it sunk into people. But when I saw Heaven and Hell tour, it was fairly new. I mean, Vinnie Peace was already there, but it didn't get the same reaction that it got a year later because finally it sunk into people how amazing this album is. Yeah. And I, 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 you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a 70s Sabbath guy, but you know, as far as like, you know, what happened afterwards? Yeah. Heaven and hell has to be the best uh, yeah. so, uh, album of uh, the, the post Ozzy era. And uh, my favorite would be die young. There's okay. just something great about that song, Die Young. And I love it, but my least favorite sticks out like a sore thumb. And it's a great song, but it doesn't really feel like the rest of the album is Walk Away. And it's a great yeah. song. And 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 the Dark Horse on this album, I feel, is your favorite. And Wishing Well, I don't think it's enough praise. Uh, Wishing Well is just... Yeah. What, what a song. Never played live. It's yeah. just a great, great Which- song. For me, if I had to pick two, it'd be Lonely is the Word and Wishing Well. I just feel those are just two magical songs. There's just something it's it's got they have that Dio quality, you right. know, to uh, that he brought to the band. 
But also the reason I love uh, Lonely is the word so much is that long solo, all the soloing that Tony does in that song is just fantastic. And what's sad is when they would trot out that song, I think on the, uh, when they played Radio City Music Hall, when Dio got back with them in 2007, right. they did a DVD. And I think they played Lonely is the word, but what they did is they didn't play that whole solo section. They it, they ended it, and Tony didn't get to do that whole thing. And I think that's one of the best parts of the song is all the lead work he does in that song. Um, so that's that's too bad. I would have loved to have seen that song played from start to finish. You know, the whole thing with all the leads and everything. But really, for me, there's not a weak song on the album, so it's hard to pick a least favorite. Um, but I guess I would have to say the same thing. I guess I'd have to go with Walk Away too. Even though I think it's a good tune, Great I think song. it's. Real, but yeah, I guess if I had to pick one, yeah. Yeah, because you're stacking it against all these other songs, man. It's like, you know, how can you say, oh, well, I like it more. I like Walk Away more than Lonely Is the Word. Lonely Is the Word would be like, you know, probably my my second favorite on there. I, I think it's criminally underrated. That opening riff too, and yeah. the lyrics, you know, yeah. I've been hired and Stardust. It's just so deal yeah. because. The thing I loved about Dio, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it reminds me of stuff like something he'd sing in Rainbow. It, it has that kind of quality to it. You know, a line right. like what you said, it reminds me of something he would have sang with Richie Blackmore. And he, you know, he brought that to Black Sabbath. So, Yeah, I, I just feel, you know, the thing I loved about Ronnie James Dio's lyrics. Yeah. Not necessarily that they made sense, but they painted a picture, you know? Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't like a story, but you would hear it and and I just loved how he would like, you know, sometimes say you know, things that would contrast and yeah. uh but but it just painted a picture. And I think the song that paints the best picture lyrically on Heaven and Hell is Lonely is the Word. Just right. the way, you know, he phrases it and sings it and and then how he, you know, and then like, you know, your favorite part. It's just this really beast monster song that Dio kind of segues into that kind of slowing down with his yeah. majestic voice with, you know, it has to be, I never heard, you know, that part. It's just, yeah. it, it blends perfectly. It's just yeah. a perfect blend. And uh, great master ma masterpiece of an album. Yeah. And the next one I feel is a masterpiece as well um mm -hmm. mob rules um it's heavy as hell yeah and maybe a little more evil you know than I'm going to say the same thing really and really it's just as good as heaven and hell is the funny thing it's yeah. just because heaven and hell came before it you know it makes you more inclined to pick it if you had to pick one as an example but really it's all it's basically a sister album to heaven and hell they go so perfectly together but it's like you said, the, the evil dial got turned up to 11 on Bob Rules. It's like Dio, and, and I think it probably was a lot him, because, but maybe also hearing the riffs that Tony was coming up with. When you hear like that, um, uh, you know, the sign of the Southern Cross, when you hear that music, I mean, of, of course that's going to cause Dio to conjure up some really, you know, dark and uh, sinister sounding words, just hearing that riff. So I think that, yeah, for some reason, they just went in a really dark direction on Mob Rules. Bring me your children, they'll burn. 
Yeah. <laughs> How much more and, evil can you get? <laughs> you know? And the album cover, everything about it, it seemed perfectly tailored, I guess, to that time because you're you're into the 80s now and when heavy metal is like a scapegoat for you know for everything and people were pointing to albums and saying these albums are evil and you got to burn them and stuff like that so an album like mob rules really fits in with the time with the time period i think and you know the whole kill ozzy thing about that album cover and i and i always wonder i mean and i've seen it i've seen you know where they've taken tracing and traced it out and you can see that, but is that intentional? I don't know. I know, I, right? I, what'd you say? I, I, I agree. It's very coincidental, though, I gotta say, you know? Yeah, it's coincidental, but I can't tell if it's intentional, and no one will cop to it or admit to it and say, yeah, that was put there on purpose. So so I don't know. I don't think they've ever been asked. Not uh, Well, I've never seen an interview where they ever asked any of the members about that Kill Ozzy thing. And that yeah. I discovered much, much later. Right, you know? right. But it's but, a scary album cover. It's very weird. Very weird. Oh, yeah. And my, my favorite off this is um, Falling Off the Edge of the World. Um, oh, I, that's, that is my favorite. Um, my least favorite, man, I hate to say this. You know, because, of course, we're not going to go with, you know, uh, instrumentals because E5150 is, uh, you know, I would pick that. But if I had to pick an actual song, kind of like walk away but not as drastic much of a change but and i just played it this past week on my radio show because i think it's, it is a very dark horse of a song but i just happen to like all the other songs more than slipping away so right. i love slipping away i do love that song i think uh country girl is awesome yeah. country girl should have been a single because it's very hooky and, it is and, yeah, yeah it's, it sounds sounds like it could have been a hit yeah you know? It, it's it's kind of funny how that works out. And the funny thing also is uh, Tony and Geezer, they didn't like the lyrics. Uh, you know, Tony came up with this really great riff, and I guess they were, the lyrics that Dio came back with, they weren't expecting. I remember reading that in that Martin Papa book, that they didn't really care for lyrics, but I think they fit. You know, it's not like this really lovey-dovey, you no. know, cheesy i don't think the lyrics are cheesy at all so i don't understand that but i think that 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 would be my favorite off the album if i had to pick one and then if i picked another it'd probably probably be voodoo oh yeah i love that one the thing i love about country girl too is like i mean i love every single thing about it but i love when it goes into that in dreams i think of you i don't right. know what to do with myself just that how it kind of like you know goes into this little dreamy section and then back to pummeling you, you know? It's it's yeah. it's an amazing track. So do you have a least favorite? Least favorite, I guess, would be slipping away. Okay. I'd probably I love the bass playing in that from Geezer. I mean, he's got this really fat tone and it's real loud in the mix. I like that, but as a song, you know, it doesn't it's not one I'm gonna revisit over and over. Even though when I put on an album like Mob Rules, I, I put it on and listen to it start to finish. So I never skip anything. The solo on uh, Over and Over is, I only had his most crazy, I think. You right. Know, like, Amazing. He was trying to one-up Lonely is the Word. It's like right. he wanted I to one-up that song. And uh, I, I think it's a, good, it's a good tune. I love that song. Yeah. Oh, it's a great song. And, you know, yeah, like you said, it is a sister album. You have Turn Up the Night, awesome song. Kind of oh. reminiscent of Neon Nights. 
Right. And then but, you end it with over and over, which is kind of reminiscent of Lonely is the Word. Yeah. And then halfway through the album, you have a song like The Sign of the Southern Cross, which is kind of similar to Heaven and Hell. It's got this epic feel to it. Right. So uh, it's like they tried to craft the album. Metallica did that a lot, too. If you look at their discography and look at albums like Ride the Lightning oh, yeah. and yeah. then their Puppets, and they kind of place, you know, fast songs in a certain place and then a slower song. Yeah, you have For Whom the Bell Tolls and you have Things That Should Not Be followed by Fade to Black to Sanitarium, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they play songs in similar spots and that's kind of what, that's what Sabbath did on Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules. They were trying to replicate it, but heavier, darker, and I, I think it, they did a great job because I can listen to it over and over. And Turn Up the Night should have been played live just as much as Neon Nights. It really should have. I don't know why Dio didn't care much for that song. Yeah, I remember, I, yeah, I remember reading an interview say he didn't like it. Yes, yeah. it's, it's an awesome song. It really is. Very, it's a very cool song. I never get tired of that one. There's a there's a band called Night Demon. I don't know if you ever heard of them. They're kind of new. Uh, they do a great cover of Turn Up the Night. Oh, right. Yeah, you should check it out. It's awesome. All right, now we go. Now Dio leaves. Controversy with uh, that everybody denies about live uh, live evil. I didn't turn up the volume, and I didn't either. And the producer right. was on Jack Daniels. He lied, so who knows what happened? But we go into oh man, Born Again, which is man a very polarizing album. I mean that one, it's like you either love it or hate it. And yeah, uh, I love that album. Me it's too. to me, it's like. I mean, shit, even more, you know, evil than, than Mob Rules. I mean, they really went out of their way. Yeah. To, to do, I mean, look at the album cover. Look at the Disturbing the Priest album titles. Right. Uh, you know, and um, wow. I mean, I saw the tour and um, my God, it, that's an album I never get tired of. And mm. you, you want to talk about a drastic departure from Heaven and Hell to the 70 Sabbath? Born again from the Ozzy era. I mean, Dio era and Ozzy era. Yeah. It's just yeah. night and day. It's its own special thing. It's it's amazing. And it's so, like how we said Mob Rules is so dark. Born again takes it to ridiculous levels. Yeah. And the, yeah. the way Ian Gillen, you know, he's like cackling and just, he sounds like he's unhinged on disturbing the priest. And um, it's just an off-the-rails album from start to finish. It's really one of a kind. It's got yeah. some great riffs. You got Zero the Hero on here. and and uh, But Hotline. probably, what's that? Hotline. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, a Digital Bitch is a really yeah. good one. I love the main riff to that one. And uh, But if I had to pick a couple favorites, I'd say the title cut, Born Again, and um, Disturbing the Priest. Those would be my two favorites. But and isn't it kind of funny how they start the album once again, even though they're not trying for a similar feel as the Dio era, trashed. It gets the album started off on a nice, fast, energetic note, just like Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules did. This album does the same thing. Yeah. So that's that's really cool. Amazing song too. Not performed live, uh, trashed, which was weird because it was a single. And the video yeah. back then. Yeah. And I remember leaving that show going, man, they didn't play Trash. And then later on, I found out they didn't play it ever. I just thought they didn't play it that night. Wow. Um, oh, I love that one, too. And I, lo I love, I mean, to me, 
the sickest screams ever caught on tape is the end of Disturbing the Priest. Yeah. Just when he just goes crazy. And then the last scream when he goes, Aah! you know, it's like, damn, right. man. It's just, and the story yeah. behind that was the preacher was complaining because he was trying to, you know, they were near a church and they were trying, he was trying to have his chorus sing and they're blasting metal. Yeah. And then uh, Ian Gillen later went and had a drink with the preacher, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, great story. There's a lot. I mean, you got to get Doom Let Loose. There's a lot of craziness that went on in the recording of that album. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I would say Disturbing the Priest is my favorite and my least favorite. And I love it. I I, I used to not like it that much, but I've grown to love it. Just keep it warm. Um, yeah. I, I, I've grown to really love that song. I love the song that wasn't on there, uh, The Fallen. You've heard that? I've heard it, but it's one because I it's not on the album, so I've only listened to it a few times. So I don't yeah. have it like pained in my head. And also I wouldn't I wouldn't say, you know, it's a track off Born Again, because it's not, you know, yeah. something left off. I'm just saying this song that they recorded for the uh that didn't make the album, pretty damn good and very different for from a lot of I mean from all blacks, even a lot different than than the stuff I'm on Born Again. It's just a really sporadic riffage going on. It's it's right. Awesome. It's, it's not a doomy song, The Fallen, if I remember correctly, is it? It's more no, of a no. hard very, type. very, very fast. Right. It's yeah. Fast paced. Yeah. And Iomi does a riffage that he's never done before. It's like a you know, busy, very busy riff going down, 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 down. Like it's yeah. very it's just out there. And and uh Bill Ward is back in the band. So right. um, on The Fallen is where you really hear 70s Bill Ward because he plays very sporadic on that song. But he does some sporadic shit on the actual album, too. You know, there's some crazy, um, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Structures to his drumming. Um, it's just a dark, dark and not really liked by a lot of people. I just love But then there's people that swear by it, you know? Right. That, there's people that can't get into it because of the production, just the way it sounds. And I think that keeps people away from really becoming immersed in it. Because the first time I listened to it, I listened to it on cassette tape. I got the tape at a used uh, tape place. And when I was listening to it in my Walkman, I thought there was something wrong with the tape. I really did. Because the sound, it just sounded kind of garbled and chaotic and just really fucked up sounding. And so I thought there was something wrong with my tape. Eventually, I realized, no, that's just the way this album sounds. <laughs> and, and then once I got used to listening to it, I was like, now I can't hear it any other way. I really wouldn't want them to go back and try to change the way it sounds because that's just, that's born that's born again. That's uh, the way it's- I agree with you 100% because of the sound of that album and the dark songs. Yeah, it adds. Yeah, it kind of like it's kind of like a marriage. You know, it's really good. Then uh, we go into uh, what was supposed to be a Tony Iommi solo album, but there's some controversy saying that that's a lie. Uh, it was always intended to be a Black Sabbath album. I know Tony's gone on record saying, no, this was supposed to be a solo album. was a seven star. And again, you know, I mean, it's different. That's the one thing about, you know, Tony Iommi. I mean, now Tony is on his own. You know, not even geezers there. Nobody's there. And uh, maybe, maybe, who knows, maybe this was supposed to be a solo album. So people would think, oh, what the hell? He's doing Black Sabbath without anybody now? 
but I think it's a very underrated album. Um, yeah. What do you what do you think of Seven Star? I think it's a really nice, polished album. I mean, it's different than all the other Sabbath stuff. And this, I mean, you got Glenn Hughes on the vocals and his performance, you know, it stands alone. I love how it starts out with In For The Kill because, once again, we're kind of keeping with the pace of the past three albums where you start off with this really energetic, fast-paced, rocking song. And um, it just, I don't know, kind of almost kind of has a, a maiden feel to it. Because just the way it gets the album off to this this galloping start. Then you got No Stranger to Love, which I like. I mean, some people may think that's a cheesy song or something, or they're trying to purposely have a hit, but I, it's a good crafted song. I like the production on this album's really good. Um, if I had to pick a couple favorites, they'd be uh, Danger Zone and Angry Heart. And I count that, um, that ending of uh, Angry Heart where it's called... Uh, in memory, I kind of feel like that's part of the same song. It kind of goes into it. So uh, right. those would be my favorites. Funny enough, my least favorite thing on Seventh Star would probably be the title song. I just kind of feel like it kind of meanders about. I, I just don't really like it. But Danger Zone, it's got a great riff. Great riff that song has. Uh, Danger Zone is my favorite. That's my favorite album. It's the first one I ever heard. It was on a syndicated radio show back then called the uh, metal shop and when i heard that i ran out and bought the album i was like because i mean honestly uh no stranger love i saw that video and i was like whoa this <laughs> you know I, I it just didn't do anything for me uh right. but when i heard danger zone i ran out and bought the album i really liked heart like a wheel on this album um yeah and, and for the kill i, I love and, and i did like a seven star seven star to me sounds more Black Sabbath than any song on this album, I think, because uh, of the riffage, you know, yeah. as that yeah. you know, typical. But yeah, I would still stand by, you know, uh, No Stranger to Love. It has grown on me a little bit, but it, it just doesn't grab me as much. So that would right. be my least favorite on this album. But I think it's a great album. I didn't get to see the tour. Uh, it didn't do too well. And I had tickets to see it and they canceled the show due to lack of ticket sales. Right. Yeah. But. But it's a great album. I, 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 look, they never done a Tony Iommi till you know. I know the album that you and I agree with. He's never done anything wrong, right? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But I just all those albums are strong all the way. It, Sabbath didn't start to go wrong until the very end. I yes. feel like I I agree with you a hundred percent. And the way you described it, well, we'll get into that album. I was like I. If you look at my review, we mirror exactly what we think of those albums. Um, the next one I would say is the most underrated of them all uh, is The Eternal Idols. Now, this is one that um, uh, I bought just because I saw it in a store. You want to talk about bad promotion. Mm. The Shining was never showed on MTV. I, I didn't even know this album exists till I saw it in a record store. And I was uh. like, what is this? Black Sabbath in a... I thought at first it was a compilation. Right. But then I looked at the back and I was like, man. And I took it home and my God, this album. Now, now we're going into the Tony Martin years. Mm-hmm. Not technically Tony Martin because he wasn't really involved in it as far because he got more involved later on. But a lot of people and nothing against Ray Gillen because I think Ray Gillen's amazing. I love him and I love the demos. 
I love what Ray Gillen did to it, but I don't know, man. A lot of people are like, oh, the Ray Gillen demos are better. And I'm like, I disagree because what Tony Martin does is no different than what Ray Gillen did on this album. He pretty right. much mimicked Ray Gillen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think it's a very strong album. Uh, this one's going to be very hard for me to pick a least favorite. Mm. But um, I think uh, I was just completely floored how good the sound was and how nobody knew about it back then wasn't promoted at all maybe in europe or so but here nobody cared right and uh ancient warriors just but anyway before i'll just say it right now my favorite on this album yeah you know, i didn't really think about this one but i would probably have to go with the uh, glory ride um there's oh, just yeah. something about that song that and and the title track would be my two favorites Oh, I'd hate to say it, but yeah, well, guess probably hard lot. Mm, Born to Lose would be probably my, but I love it. But and it's the first Black Sabbath album since I believe Sabbath Blood and Sabbath that that features an acoustic piece, uh, Scarlet Pimpernel. Yeah, I think you're right, and that's I love that. By the way, that's a great. Oh piece on here it's got a really haunting sound to it i just love it i love the movie beautiful yeah Uh, what do you what do you think overall of uh the eternal idols well for me it um i think it's a really good album it's very very strong from start to finish the production's great on it if i had to pick a couple favorites i agree with you about glory ride that's just such an amazing song that is just a classic heavy metal song just the the music the lyrics everything and i love that part in the middle of the song where uh tony martin says uh hear them calling you know that whole section and yeah with a kind of upbeat riff going on yeah it's just so that one for me that's always been my favorite on this album and uh another one that i really like would probably you know the the ending song is like the doomiest it's just as doomy as like the title, uh, Black Sabbath song. It's one of their doomiest songs, that that main riff to the closing song on this album. But I yeah, said Glo- on, I said on my, my review, I said Eternal Idols is Black Sabbath. Uh, it, it's the 80s version of Black Sabbath, that song. You know, they, the song Black Sabbath, I feel like that's the 80s version of it. Right. Yeah. Just it's a very it's a very dark, mournful riff. It just has that quality to it. And it's it's scary. It's lumbering. It's in your face. It's very different than the rest of the album. The rest of the album isn't really like that. It's more like a very classy, traditional 80s heavy metal album. And then you get to that last song and it's really doomy and downtrodden. But uh, you talked about Born to Lose. That would be actually I put that up there as another one of my favorites, and and mainly because of the solo section that Tony goes into in that song. He plays a great solo um, at the halfway point of this song that I really enjoy. But uh, Eternal Idol overall, though, this isn't my favorite um, of the Tony Martin years. Um, it's the next album once we get to that 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 I feel like is the best. Well, I, I will tell you, this has always been my favorite Tony Martin album. But I, I'm saying, as recent as this year, I think there's another one I like even more than Head of, uh, than Eternal Idol. It finally done, and it's not the next one. But um, but before we go into Headless Cross, which is really the official kickoff to 
real Tony Martin era because there he had input. Um, yeah. Your video praising this lineup is like you hit the nail. You know, I, I did a video as well and my reviews. I've done reviews of all these albums talking about how, how the hell can people, how the hell are these albums, you know, not as respected as they should be? They it doesn't are, make sense. Yeah. It doesn't all. make sense that people will hold up albums like, you know, Peace of Mind and Power Slave and Defenders of the Faith and all these other great 80s albums, but you don't hear people talk about something like Eternal Idol or Headless Cross. I mean, Headless Cross is a fucking masterpiece, just like Heaven and Hell is, or like uh, Sabotage is for the Aussie years. I feel like for the Tony Martin era, Headless Cross, it's just stellar from start to finish, every damn song on the album. It's amazing. Uh, like anybody that wants to question Tony Martin's voice, listen to Nightwing and tell me yeah. the guy is not phenomenal. Right, yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, I, I bought this when it came out brand new. I loved it. I still love it. I, I, I have nothing bad to say about this album. Um, but I did see your review and, and here's where we finally disagree, uh, on one thing about this album was I'll tell you my favorite song on here is Black Moon. Always has been since I first heard this album. But my oh, yeah. least favorite, my least favorite, you praised. And it's cool, oh. man. It's cool that we have different, different, but I never liked Call of the Wind, man. I don't know oh. why, but I just oh, call yeah. the wild. Oh, call okay. the wild, yeah. yeah. I don't know why. And and also when I did the review, people are like, You're crazy. Everybody loves that song. I I know I'm the odd man out, but there's just something I I don't know. You know, I mean, yeah. Oh, you know, another one I gotta say is Devil and Daughters up there too. It's one of my oh. favorites on there. You know, yeah. a, another stellar performance from the way Tony Martin delivers that song. Jesus. The yeah. guy's a beast he's a beast though it, it, it is my third favorite tony martin era um i would put eternal idols and another one we'll get to it <clears throat> what do you think overall oh obviously you think it's their best album with tony martin but um right tell me how you feel about this and your favorite and least favorite yeah with headless cross it's just like we talked about how mob rules <laughs> you know took that whole sinister edge and just rammed it in your face Headless Cross does the same thing after the Eternal Idol. You know, Headless Cross is just full on, you know, it has this evil atmosphere. It has a real dark album cover. But then the great thing is, is it's not a morose album or anything like that. It's a very classy, heavy metal album with great melodies, beautiful singing, um, just um, fantastic <laughs> solos from uh, Tony all through this album. And my favorite song... You already said uh, what, you love this song, too, Black Moon. Yeah, that's great, my favorite. And uh, Nightwing. The funny thing about Nightwing is that song grew on me. I didn't used to call that one a favorite. I would have called a song like Devil and Daughter or the, uh, or the opening cut. I would have said I like those better, but Nightwing really grew on me. That is an epic heavy metal song. I think in the beginning I just wasn't giving it a chance because it starts off you know, softly, and then it gets heavier as it goes. But once I gave it a chance and let the atmosphere of the song just kind of wrap around me, that's a great tune. It really is. And and the, th uh, the other thing about Headless Cross, the reason I love it so much is it showed what Tony Martin could do when he's just free to sing and be himself. He's, he's not like being confined to kind of mimicking a performance. 
So I feel that's what I, I, I feel like his voice has a lot of character to it. Um, I feel like he gave this album a lot more of his uh, character shown through, you know, it's really there for you to feel and to see and to hear. So it's just a great album. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. And, and it's such a shame it's out of print. You know, all the Tony yeah. Martin stuff is out of print. Yeah, and Kill in the Spirit World. That is a great tune, too. I mean, everything on your... I can't... It's hard for me to pick a least favorite song on this album. I really don't... I wouldn't even know what to pick. It's the funny thing with this one. I, every song is good. It is either good or great. So, yeah, I don't even... On this album, I don't... I guess right now, I would say... And this is a great song, is When Death Calls. Great, yeah. great tune great atmosphere and it's doomy and then it gets into that fast-paced riff later on but i guess i'd put it least if i was ranking the songs that'd be my least on this album i put black moon and nightwing at the top is that the one with brian may um, yeah he has a guest okay. solo on this album yeah. <clears throat> yeah it's the first time another guitar player played on a black sabbath album other than uh and yeah um uh killing the spirit world i love the changes in that song because it kind of sounds upbeat, kind of like uh, the, what is the song I don't like on there? And again, uh, you know, kind of like AO, an AOR feel, but then it goes into this weird, you yeah. know, Jeff Nichols keyboard thing. It's awesome. That's what I love about it is that contrast between like these kind of it's very melodic, but but Tony Martin is singing these, um, you know, evil, ghostly lyrics, and so it, the the mishmash of it, it just really. It's ear candy. It really is. Yeah. The sound is just beautiful to your ears when you put it on. Then we go into my favorite of the Tony Martin era, which I recently, like, I don't know, like four or five months ago. I said, you know what, man? I actually like this more than Eternal Eye. It just took me decades to realize it. Uh, tire. Um, yeah. Masterpiece. I mean, this is like. To me, like, uh, and, and again, like every, I mean, we'll sound like a broken record, but, you know, this album, the two before, is so underrated, it's sickening, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I just think they turned up a couple notches on this one and just really, I mean, gelled and, you know, starting with that Anno Monday, Monday? Um, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and the great lawmaker, which is so fast and furious and just right. pure metal. I yeah. mean, how anybody, how any re- self-respecting metalhead will listen to lawmaker and not like praise it is it, yeah. mind blowing to me. Yeah. But they, you know, and then they went a little kind of, I don't know, power metal, should I say, like a power metal feel with Jerusalem and, you know, a couple other songs, you know, you have Odin's court, which is, you know, kind of like, um, but God, it's such a great album. And, uh, it took me a while. I don't know. Maybe I was just being, uh, you know, I don't know, trying to be countercultural. Oh, because, you know, everybody says Headless Cross. I'm going to say Eternal Idols, but I still say I like Eternal Idols more, I guess it's because of timeline, yeah. but this album is phenomenal. And, uh, definitely my favorite song off this one is, is, uh, Fire, uh, the Sabbath Stones. Yeah. Um, there's just something so fucking badass about that song, you know. Fire and water, dun dun. Just that ominous, you know, beginning. Um, yeah. so it has such a vibe. Yeah. You know? And it's just, it's just amazing. Uh, my least favorite will be the single, and I still like it. 
but I just feel like it was a bad choice for a single. Was uh, feels good to me. Feels good. And to me. you know, they the make video. a video with you know with a hot chick and a studly guy. You yeah, know, yeah, on. yeah. It's just, yeah, but it, I don't hate the song. I think it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, feels good to me. I like the song a lot, but that video is really cheesy. And that's yeah. not the song you should have representing the album. You should have a song like, it's like you're saying, how could anyone who likes heavy metal not in, just totally be floored by a song like Anno Mundi? It's just yeah. an amazing, amazing track. It blows your fucking face off. It's an amazing tune. And, uh, you know, it's got that epic chorus. It's got the, the driving verse sections to it. It's just a very bombastic sound. And um, then the next song, like you said, The Lawmaker, it's fast, it's furious. But for me, my favorite um, is like you, The Sabbath Stones. I would say that's my favorite because it starts off real doomy and everything. But then it, it kind of surprises you the way it kind of weaves into other stuff. And so I really, really love that one. I would say that one and Anno Mundi would probably be my two favorites. I would actually pick as my least favorite one on this album would be Heaven in Black, the uh, closing track. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's kind of there. It's nothing special. So that would be my least favorite. I feel like everything else on this album just blends wonderfully and it flows from track to track, just like Headless Cross, pretty much. Valhalla is another great track. The album cover I thought was creepy when I was a kid. Because all I ever saw it on was a cassette tape. So it was smaller. So you couldn't. I was like, what the fuck is even on this album cover? Mm -hmm. I really couldn't figure it out. And it was just really ominous looking. So that made a big impression on me when I was younger. Then Dio comes back. And, you know, I mean, of course, you know, we're talking about uh, the music business. And, you know, they're not really succeeding with Tony Martin. Dio's got a name. But, man, it was just. Such so much drama going into Dehumanizer, you know. Yeah, Dio come back and uh, Cozy Powell is part of the uh, lineup. He's not getting around, along with Dio. Uh, yeah. I believe he had a horse accident, Cozy Powell, so he couldn't play on the album. They brought Vinny back, then Dio left. They brought Tony Martin back, and then they yeah. kicked Tony Martin out again. And they get the. I mean, I just felt like, man, that's disrespectful, man. I and, would love hear what tony martin i would love to hear some of the rehearsals like if they recorded any of those um dehumanizer tracks with tony martin on vocals i'd love to hear what they were doing like that would be really interesting to hear his vocals on that album or on any unfinished bits that would be interesting to hear oh i'd love to hear that um yeah. all in all with all the drama and bullshit that went on with this album i really love dehumanizer yeah um I think it's a very solid album, uh, probably the most underrated of the Dio era. Mm -hmm. And um, I just think it's really heavy. The, yeah. Uh, there's one track I'm not crazy about, which will be easy to pick as my least favorite. But what do you think of Dehumanizer overall? Well, instead of going in that very melodic uh, direction like they were on the previous albums, this album just clobbers you. It's just so heavy, so dense. And it just has a really rigid, powerful sound to it. And uh, it's just really angry. Dio sounds really angry. He's not singing as much fantasy-style stuff on this album. And I think Computer God gets the album off to a great start. That was always one of my favorites. And I would have loved, you know, I saw Sabbath with Dio how many times? 
I only got to see Dio with them twice, and it was when they were touring as Heaven and Hell. And unfortunately, I didn't get to see him do uh, Computer God Live, but I would have loved to have seen that because I love that tune. The chorus to it is amazing. And uh, what's another? Master of Insanity. It's got a great riff to it. It's got a really great feel. Those would probably be a couple of my favorites. My least favorite on Dehumanizer would be uh, Time Machine. I just don't like that song. I just, I don't know. It just doesn't do anything for me at all. So, but other than that, I think it's a really strong album. Even a, even a song like Sins of the Father, it's kind of a, you know, a song you wouldn't immediately leap to, but even it's cool. It's got some cool riffing in it. So it's kind of like, it's uh, Sins of the Father kind of like, it doesn't sound like it, but it has the same structure of killing the spirit world. Cause the way Sins of the Father starts with that kind of happy kind of riff. Then yeah. it goes into that darkness to it. It's yeah. a great, great song. Letters of Earth is really unique. Um, my favorite, and I'm really not trying to be countercultural here, but it is my favorite Dio song with uh, Black Sabbath is I. It's just yeah. a fucking amazing song. Um, mm. And my least favorite, Time Machine, hands down. Yeah. Um, I never liked it. And that was the first track I heard from this because of Wayne's World. Right. And I, and I knew, you know, reading magazines that Dio was back. And when I heard that, I was th- I, the first thing I thought, I go, I hope that's not on the album. I hope that just stays on the soundtrack, you know? Yeah. But no, but I did see the tour. And yes, I did see him do Computer God, uh, which was great. But unfortunately, I saw him do Time Machine as well. So. All right. But uh, it's a great, great album. I recently got the, the vinyl that brings... Um, I always loved uh, the Letters from Earth uh, expanded one. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard that. It's a it's a version that has more to it. Oh, okay. It's really unique. It's really awesome to hear. But yeah, uh, Too Late is awesome. Uh, Buried Alive. I mean, it's just yeah. it's just a really oh after all the dead. Oh um, yeah, and it's it was really wild. A really doomy to end the album with that with buried alive instead of going out in this really elegant way like they did on the two dio albums before they go out with this really pummeling just it it doesn't have like this optimistic kind of doesn't have a mystical feel to it or anything it's just very pummeling and just very dark so it's just a very angry album overall and i I think buried alive it was um go ahead uh, it's just a, it was a reflection of the times, I think, too, because they told Dio that they didn't want him writing songs about rainbows and magic and stuff like that. So that's I think that's a big part of why all the grunge and everything was going on at the time. They didn't think anything like that would sell, I guess. Turns out it didn't matter anyway. I mean, you know, yeah. they should he can write whatever he wants, but it's a great album. No matter what he was writing about, it's a great album. And and I thought he did great, you know, with the angry lyrics, you know, uh, you know, like you know, I I is a very angry song, and uh, um, and Computer God is like kind of like foretelling the future of uh, computers taking over the world, and uh, and TV crimes, another great one, which is you know, slam on religion. Um, there's just a lot of stuff. Buried Alive reminds me riffage a lot of Zero the Hero, has that kind of uh, same type of riff, but. It's awesome. Absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah. All right, so that didn't work out because Zio didn't want to open for uh, for Ozzy. So they bring Tony Martin back with Cross Purposes, and this was the only time I got to see Tony Martin. 
uh, I saw this tour. Um, this is an album, I gotta admit, was a grower. Um, I never disliked it. I mean, I, I listened to it a lot before the show to get right. into, you know, the songs that they would play live. And I always yeah. loved Eyewitness. That was like such a cool damn tune. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it does have a lot of good songs. And there's, you know, a couple that, uh, like, uh, what is it, Psychophobia? That one I just never can get into. It's uh, a weird song. It's yeah. jarring, the riff pattern on it. And was it Virtual Death that sounded like uh, Alice in Chains? I know one song. Um, There's something I should revisit more of this album. Looking at these track titles, I kind of can't remember. But I do know what my favorite song is on here. But what do you think of uh, this album, Cross Purposes? Did you ever do a review on this? Yeah, I did. Okay, I got to see that. I really love Cross Purposes, but it does have some weaker songs that are very skippable. But the ones that are strong are so strong that it just kind of props the album up in my mind. Like it starts off with that one-two punch. You got Eyewitness, and then uh, what is it? Crown of Thorns. Cross of Thorns. Thorns. Right. I haven't listened to that one in a while, but that's a really good song. I love the like the emotion in that one. You got some nice acoustic guitar and everything in that. Eyewitness and the Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Those would be my two favorites on this album, and. Really like a least favorite. I think there's a song on here called Dying for Love or something like that. That's yeah. it's just a it's just a very forgettable song. It's very maudlin. It sounds like some I don't know. It just doesn't even it's one of the worst of the Tony Martin era. That song. I I don't like that one at all. But it, everything else, it I feel like this is a really good album overall. But the hand that rocks cradle is a great tune. I think there's awesome. some great on that one. Great, great riffage once, the, you know, that beginning mellow and then that when the band yeah. comes in. Awesome. Uh, yeah, Eyewitness would be my favorite on here. And I really liked Evil Eye a lot. Yeah. The yeah. song that ends, which rumored to have Eddie Van Halen on it. I don't know if you uh, read that. I think that's yeah. in Doom Let Loose. That yeah. he, he, took, he took no credit because of record companies getting involved. But uh, my least favorite, I would have to say that Psychophobia. I just... I, I, I just can't get into that song. I just... But, you know, I do listen to this one more than the next one. And this one is, like, universally hated. But um, I don't know if you did a review on this, but I really don't think it deserves all the hate again. I think, okay, it's not a great album, but it's not as bad as people make it out to be. Right. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people think, oh, this album sucks because Tony Iommi uh, owed IRS one more album, so he just shit one out. But yeah. I think there's some really good songs on this one. Yeah, there's some clunkers, too, that I, I, I don't care for. But uh, Forbidden is not a bad album, especially right. with what was to come, you know? Um, uh, I think um, songs like uh, Guilty as Hell and uh, Rusty Angels, it's mm. really a good song on here. And uh, Kiss of Death is awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Get a Grip, the single, I thought was great. But, boy, you talk about a badly promoted I I didn't even know Get a Grip had a video till right. recently, you know? Yeah. Um, but what do you think of Forbidden? I don't think I've seen you talk about this one either. Uh, Forbidden, I, I really like this album. There's some great, it's just, it has some gold on it. Um, Kiss of Death for me is one of my all-time favorite Black Sabbath songs. Like if I was making a top 10 list, it would def, it would probably be in my top five. It's nice. just a very, it's a very powerful song. It's, it, you know, it has all these, it has all these different emotions in it. It has the soft sections in it, it has the pummeling riffs, great lyrics, 
Uh, so that one I love, Kiss of Death. And uh, I Won't Cry For You remind, is a really good tune. It reminds me of something. It seems like it could have been on Technical Ecstasy. It kind of has that feel to it when it gets to the solo section. And mm -hmm. uh, so I like that one a lot. Um, as far as something I wouldn't like on this album, I would say Get a Grip and uh, Can't Get Close Enough. That's just a really weird song. That one right. I can't do much at all. But overall, I kind of like, I've always really liked Forbidden. I like how it has more of a garage sound to it, type feel to it, kind of like Never Say Die and, and Born Again. It doesn't have the best production, but it has some really strong material on it despite that. I, I agree. I, I agree pretty much. Um, you know, and, and at the time when it was new, I was like, okay, this is the worst thing they've ever done. You know, it's, I, I couldn't get into it. Um, but you know, I, I, it's Black Sabbath. I give I give stuff chances over and over again, and it's grown on me. Like, like Kiss of Death, man. I really do love that song. I love that a lot. Um, so that was it. That's it for the Tony Martin era. And Dio comes back, but they don't call it Black Sabbath. But we all know it's Black Sabbath. Right. Um, the yeah. devil, you know. Uh, yeah. What do you think of this one? This album for me, I, uh, I was kind of, it's not a bad album by any means, but it's disappointing to me at the time when it came out because I felt like they just kind of played it safe. It's, it, it's another very uh, lumbering album. I just feel like it's lacking some uh, energy. You know, on those older albums, you had stuff like Turn Up the Night and Neon Nights and uh, even on Dehumanizer. That, it seems like they were trying to go the Dehumanizer route. And I feel like that was just playing it a little bit too safe. But it does have good, you know, Adam and Evil. That's a good song. I like that song a lot. Uh, that would probably be my, actually my favorite. And then that is, I think it's called Rock and Roll Angel. Has a yeah. really good, it has a really nice classy solo section from, uh, from Iomi that just sounds really beautiful. I really like that part of that song. Uh, you know, as far as least favorite on it, it's hard to really pick one because I don't have strong feelings towards this album one way or another. Cause like I said, I was very disappointed in it, in it to begin with um, eating the cannibals. It's kind of a pointless song uh, breaking into heaven kind of sounds like retreading the opening song, Adam and evil. It just has a very similar feel. It's almost like they're doing the same song again. Uh, so those would be my least favorites, but yeah. I gotta, I gotta say, you know, um, when it comes to the last two Sabbath albums, um, I don't, I don't really visit these too much. Yeah. But I will tell you, you know, I'm for me, Bible Black is the, to me, my favorite on here. It does remind me of your Children of the Sea or uh, Sign of the Southern Cross with the mellow intro and just, it, it's, I think it's an awesome song. And another song that really grew on me on this song is uh, this album was Follow the Tears. I mm -hmm. really, really like that song. Overlooking the, I can't, I, I don't remember Double the Pain or, or rock, even Rock and Roll Angel, Turn the Screw. So I, I guess I'm going to have to cop out on this one and say, I don't know what my least favorite one is on this one, you know. But um yeah, it was dis I, I I agree. It was a disappointing album. I don't think it's bad at all. It's heavy. And it's, it's doomy. Yeah, and it's got it's very heavy and it has great solos from Iomi. Really right. the star of the show 
the one thing that I can point out about this album and 13 is at least it has they have uh, good solos from Iomi. That's the one shining thing about both those albums. Because other than that, they're pretty, you know, just kind of disappointing because they're not doing anything adventurous. I feel like, you know, after Forbidden, Black Sabbath stopped being like this viable band that wanted to continue to do new things. It's almost like when they got back with Dio for for the uh, the Devil You Know, they it's just the play it safe route basically. So it's a decent album, but it's not memorable. You can't hold it up with like lofty status or anything. Yeah, what what I would give Devil You Know over thirteen is that at least Devil You Know they weren't. See, the thing I love about Black Sabbath is that they never repeat themselves. Right. Thirteen, they did a lot. Totally, and that was their intention. Yeah, and that was their intention. I mean, when you get to that, yeah, definitely. The first two songs, I mean, the first two songs on this album is them trying to recreate the song Black Sabbath. I know. Like, one after the other. It's like you open this album with two songs that are trying to be Black Sabbath. Right, right. And and for me, on 13, Ozzy just sounds too robotic. It doesn't sound anymore like a guy that's there flesh and blood like singing his heart out it sounds too computerized it sounds yeah. too soul and by the numbers and like it's patched together and i don't like that because that doesn't give me the same feel that the other albums with ozzy did you know they were raw and loose and in your face and then you get to 13 and it's just just too robotic sounding it's it's really i i I'm telling you, when I first got this album, I was horrified. I was so happy. Oh, Black Sabbath got a... You know, I mean, I was very upset. Don't get me wrong with the whole Bill Ward thing. The Bill Bill Ward situation really did bother me a lot because I love Bill Ward. I love his... He's one of my favorite drummers of all time. And I feel like he should have been there. Um, They hired this guy that just played by numbers. The drumming on this album is very pedestrian i think yeah there's nothing and then you have a song like loner that's that's them trying to do nib again uh what is that geist it's like playing caravan yeah it's like like, caravan again on that one yeah it really did i mean i don't like anything off this album man if i can tell you the only thing i like about this album is the solo on damaged soul i like that but that's right. not a song. It's not the rest of the song. Though, if I had to pick, all right, what's your favorite song? I'd have to go with, uh, and it's not that great, but I like it more than all the songs on here. Is uh, a bonus track, Methodemic. Um, right. That would that's, be like, yeah, yeah. It's an energetic song. It's fast paced, kind of. Yeah, I could see you liking that one. Yeah. So, do you have like a favorite or least favorite on this? If I had to pick a favorite, I would say uh, Loner's an okay song. It's okay, you know. And uh, Age of Reason, I think, has some good soloing in it. Kind of reminds you of something like that would be on volume four. So, but other than that, I I can't even pick a least favorite on this because I really don't like anything else, really. So, it's just right. a very, very disappointing. And it was pretty much what I expected. 
Um, I didn't really expect this album to be good from the start, just based on the things I was hearing that uh, Rick Rubin was being brought in to produce. And he's always wanted to take if he ever did work with Sabbath, he wanted to take them in the direction where they just revisit the first, you know, album or first three albums. He wanted there was something like he wanted to sit the band down and just make them listen to the first album. And then basically just go with that feel. Well, that's going back to the past and just copying yourself. What is the point in that? You know, unless you're bringing something new to the table and they just didn't do that. And the sound on this, it's very, it kind of, you can't turn this album up loud without it hurting your ears too. It's a very grating production on this. It's overly, I think people say, uh, like with the Metallica album, Death Magnetic, they say that it's very overly compressed and that's what gives it that sound. It's just very unpleasant to your ears. So that hurts it too, even though Iomi's, you know, it's Iomi playing these riffs so that at least is going to bring you some joy even if he's retreading old ground but the problem is is it sounds ugly uh you can't crank this album up and enjoy it properly so yeah and 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 it's like you know rick rubin wanted ozzy to do make an album like this way back on no No more More tears yeah yeah and um uh, so he finally got his wish but man rick rubin has done some great albums but i i can't think of anything he's done since really the Trouble album in 1990. And all he does is lay around. I don't know if you saw the making of this album. He just lays down and he doesn't really get involved much. I mean, he just puts his name on it. And hey guys, do something like the old stuff. I want to hear 70 Sabbath. Do another NIB. Do another Planet Caravan. Do another Black Sabbath. And that's how I feel. It's just, uh, and, and it really upset me a lot because it was like, this is not Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath doesn't repeat themselves. Right, yeah. Uh, and this whole album just sounds like uh, really like a, a, not a greatest hits, but, you know, just a, hey, look how we used to do songs. Look, here's a modern version with Ozzy's robotic voice, you know? Yeah. And I don't know if you ever got around to listen to that new Ozzy album, uh, Ordinary Man. I, oh, I heard some of it. I put the videos on, on, on YouTube when it came out. It, I, I, I just don't really like the last good Ozzy solo album for me was Osmosis. That's the last one that I enjoy. Anything yeah. after that, I just don't get into. I can't get into it. Uh, believe me, Ordinary Man has to be the worst. Really? Uh, I did hear it all the way through. Trust me, you don't want to. You're not missing anything. And it has that even more robotic voice than 13, believe it or not. And right. it's sad to know that Ozzy and Sabbath are going to end their career with these albums. Yeah. Yeah, it's too bad. But what it, can you do? Yeah. So there you go, Eric. We did it, dude. We went yep. through the whole discography, and I thought it was, was, I mean, did you have fun? I sure did. I love talking about Sabbath. Yep. Hell yeah, man. And maybe, uh, well, I definitely I would like to have you back on because my second favorite band is Merciful Fate. And I, oh. I've seen you review them a couple times. Yeah, they're up there with Black Sabbath for me. It's one of my favorite all-time bands. They're in my top three, for sure. Oh, so. Right on, man, right on. So, uh, Merciful Fate, a lot to talk about. You know that I recently got an interview with Kim Ruz, and that guy oh. hasn't been interviewed since the 80s. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's so, really... Yeah, yeah that's... Check, check it out. It's on my podcast. We got Kim Ruz, and, uh, and uh, yeah, we hunted him down, man. It was amazing. Uh and you hear uh, you, some things we, you didn't know 
Uh, he was supposed to be in the King Diamond solo band, and he refused. Oh, but, okay. Uh, but we'll get into all that in the future. But, dude, thank you so much for your time. Uh, let the people know, man. I, before you do, I got to say, man, Mountaintop 9, I, I, I just watch you constantly, man. And I really like this guy's uh, the, your, your way of reviewing. It's very original. It's from the heart. And I love your way of words, you know, how you describe stuff. And I love when you throw in little clips of, you know, right. cheese and, and uh, monsters and stuff. It's just, right. it's unique and it's awesome. And I, you know, and I, I feel you deserve, you know, more attention. And that's why, you know, I wanted to get you on my channel because I have a lot of subscribers and views and I, I just wanted to showcase you, but, but let the people know, you know, how you got into it, and what your channel's about. Yeah, on my channel, what I love to do is I love to review classic 80s horror movies, horror flicks, um, all that classic type stuff. So if you love horror movies, and if you love classic metal and hard rock, I review lots of albums. So yeah, the channel's Mountaintop 9, and yeah, stop by and check check some of my stuff out. I think my videos are pretty unique. I try to do different stuff that I don't see in other videos. So uh, it's completely unique. There, there's no reviewer out there like you. I, and I like how you know, like what I was saying, you add things to it. You know, it's not you know, you don't expect like you're talking about something. All of a sudden, some pops up on the screen, and you're like, "Wow, what the hell? This is awesome!" You know, and yeah, I, I like your style, man. I like your style of uh, it's unique. It's very original. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate you having me on. And that's really cool that you enjoy the videos because I have fun making them. That's because that's the first thing I do when I'm editing. I'm trying to entertain myself too. You know, as I'm watching myself talk, sometimes I like to splice other things in just to make people's heads spin. So I'm glad you like it. Right on, man. And before I leave, just one more thing I want to say because I, I haven't really, I'm not like the biggest horror guy. I love horror movies. Don't get me wrong. But have you talked about, uh, do you know about a movie called, because I saw this as a kid and it freaked me out, Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're aware of that one. That's kind of up here. Yeah. I need to review it at some point. Uh, but yeah, I've always loved that movie. It's actually directed by the same guy who made the movie Black Christmas. If you ever saw that, it's a classic. 70s slasher movie was black was, christmas uh the the movie poster was a ball with a dead body on it from on a christmas tree was that black christmas or am i thinking of another one might have had a poster art that had that because the cover is this uh girl sitting in a rocking chair and she's like wrapped in plastic and uh she's sitting by a window but they might have done a variation of that with a uh, with a christmas tree ornament but it's a classic 70s movie, but he also made a movie called Deranged that's about this uh, dude that's a cannibal. It's based on uh, the uh, Ed Gein, if you've ever heard of him. Yeah, Slayer yeah, did a killer. Mass. Um, yeah, that's a good mask. Children shouldn't play with dead things. That's a classic. So, yeah, I love right that. On. Yeah, because I, I always thought, like, wow, man, nobody ever talks about that one, you know? I always thought, you know, because I saw it as a, in the theater as a kid. And then I never heard anybody talk about it again. But yeah. right on, Eric. It's been a great, great fucking time. I, I, I'm, I, I knew I wanted to have you on my podcast and my, on my channel because uh, I watched all your Sabbath stuff and your Merciful Fate stuff. And you talked about Slayer, too, and Metallica. And I watched all that stuff and some of the horror movie stuff I like. I 
Probably my favorite, and it's not even, uh, I haven't seen them all, but I would say my favorite, it's not even music related, was, and you're not even in it, is when you talked about Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was probably my, I, I want you people to check that one out uh, when he talks about that, because you're not even in the video. Right. But it's just, it's, it's so, yeah. But it's well, it's very, very entertaining. So, Give Mountaintop Nine a, a, a view and a, and subscribe to it, man. You won't be sorry. So um, thank you again, Eric, for your time. And I sure will want you back on my show when when the time comes. You know, we're now Facebook friends, and I'll shoot you a message when I want it to happen. Okay, that sounds great. Would love to talk about Merciful Fate. That awesome. Like yeah, that will be that will be the next one. We go into some Merciful Fate. Okay. All right. Thank you, brother. Thanks. Special thanks again to Eric Anderson from Mountaintop 9. Again, I highly suggest you check out his channel. All right, you know what time it is. Follow me. All right, we're back in the vault. And this time I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to give you guys a double shot of Black Sabbath. A double shot period. I've never done a double shot in the vault. Not that I remember. And uh, both of these songs didn't actually appear on the albums. The first one I'm going to play is uh, something I discussed during the show. was The Fallen, the unreleased track that ended up on the deluxe edition of Born Again. And the next one I'm going to play is uh, both Eric and I... I believe Eric said it was his favorite song off Headless Cross, Black Moon, which was actually uh, originally recorded on for the Headless Cross album. And it was one of the bonus tracks. So I'm going to play that version as well. Back to back. So here we go. This is from the Born Again album. This is The Fallen.
Eternal Idol, not the Headless Cross version. And uh, before that, we had The Fallen from the Born Again album. Both unreleased, and I hope you dug them both. And uh, that's it, my friends. This is the end of another Vieira Vault. I'll have another one next week. Yes, I got many episodes 
in the can to play you all uh, for the upcoming weeks. Got plenty, and I'm working on more now. I got something booked for today, for later today, so it's just going to keep rolling and rolling. When is it going to stop? I don't know, man, but I know for the next few months, you're going to have new episodes each and every Sunday. So thank you all. Thank you all that are listening to me now. I always have to say that at the very end. Because those that listen to the very end, you fucking rule very hard. So uh, till next week, everybody, smack them a gob. <laughs>